Welcome back to Soulback. This is the RMB podcast. Kyle here. I've got Ed with me. Ed, where is Tom today? Well, I poor Tom. Now I know that Tom, we have a emerging dad on our hands. We got to do this in a few months. Gonna be a Papa Papa Leo. So I don't know if he's getting prepared for the baby. I don't know if he's sitting around listening to music Soul Child albums, crying his eyes out. I don't know if he's eating something that has absolutely no flavor on it, but he's not here today. We're missing old Tom today. Mm-hmm. You know what's actually like a pretty new thing that's been going on? I've noticed it on social media. Gender reveal parties. How do you feel about those? Because I feel like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment with those type of things. Well, I think that... And, and, and Tom didn't necessarily have a gender reveal party, but he kind of had a gender reveal on Instagram. It's kind of the thing to do now. You just kind of announce it on social media or you have a party. I've just seen too many parties go bad, player. I'm the type, if I was to have a child, y'all wouldn't know what he or she would look like, name was, or whatever, until I put a picture on Facebook when I feel like it. And baby might be four by the time I do that. Yeah, because, uh, like... I'm sure there's always a preference on whether you want a daughter or a son. So when you got that live reaction and you find out it's not the one that you wanted, it's like you're probably going to be disappointed. But I don't know. I don't feel like that needs to be all filmed and, and all. But that's what people do in 2018, Ed. Well, player, I mean, even if you are a little disappointed, I mean, number one, you know you're getting a baby regardless. So if you get one that's like, oh, I want a girl. I hope you aren't pouting and storming away in front of your your friends, family, and social media audience. If you got an issue with it, you better suck it up and play nice. That's yours for the rest of your life. Pretty much. <laughs> um, can we talk about soul food again for a second, Ed? Oh my god. What the for those who missed it last week, I had to educate both Tom and Kyle on what exactly soul food was. Because these dudes are just making up stuff. And then don't know what simple recipes are. So yes, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Okay, so, you know, last week we had a conversation about hush puppies, which I found out are not Slurpees, but they're, oh. those are apparently, those are apparently slush puppies and not hush puppies, and now we know. And, first of all, I have never heard of a Slurpee called a slush puppy until Tom brought it up. That's some weirdo thing from some gas station in New York, I'm sure. <laughs> it's possible. But, Ed, uh... In, in my culture, in the Chinese culture, we have, we eat chicken feet, which I showed you a picture of, and you said it was like turtle doo-doo. It looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. So. Have you tried these? Yeah, it's fine. But the question for me is, how come it's not acceptable for me to eat chicken feet, but don't you eat pig feet? First of all, who told you that? I Isn't have never in my life. Go ahead. I, I thought that was like a form of soul food, pig feet. It is, but it doesn't mean I've ever had it. Oh, I refuse okay. to eat that. Listen, I have a choice, and you choose to eat chicken feet, and I choose to not eat pig feet. Pig feet is like, I've seen people eat it. It doesn't even look like it's meat. It just looks like fat. It looks disgusting. And then it's kind of oh. like soaking in like vinegary type stuff. Absolutely not. Good eating. That's what we're doing when we uh, come to Alabama. We're going to eat some pig well, feet, some chitlins. You like chitlins, don't you? 
Did you just ask if I like titless? Oh, you might. Did you like that new Nicki Minaj album, Ed? What do you think about Six and I? Have you had that little Zan on your playlist? I would do all of that before I dare let a chitlin come anywhere close to one of my orifices. I'm starting to think you that do you do know what chitlin food. <laughs> I, I actually don't. Do, do you even know what chitlins are? Do you know what they really no. are? No. They are pig intestines. You are eating the waste of one of the grossest animals. Why would I want to eat that? That sounds like some uh, good old R&B right there. <laughs> Pig intestines. <laughs> it might be R&B in 2018, considering some of these albums I've listened to lately. Good God. Calm down. Um, can we talk about Tracy Braxton's album? Last week we spent like a good portion of our podcast clowning the album cover, but we never got a chance to listen to the album. Um, I already went out on a limb and said it was probably fire because my theory, Ed, is if you're naked... The album is probably fire. We can't even confirm whether she was naked in that picture, but let's just assume she was. The album oh cover gosh. was pretty unique, but what's the album sound like, Ed? First of all, she wasn't naked. She just didn't have pants on, so that doesn't count. And your naked theory is kind of blown out the window. I know we have a lot of fans on the podcast who are obsessed with, I was going to say Tony, but really, in most cases, it seems like Tamar's fans are way more vocal. But oh, most people know I'm a huge Tony fan. Tamar's fine. Tracy, not so much. Now, listen, I know y'all are big fans of the reality show. And by proxy, you are a big fan of the artists in general. This album isn't bad, but it's just so paint-by-the-numbers generic. It's like it hits every... It's like, okay, we got the turn-up song. Okay, we got this song. Okay, we got that song. And this performed okay, but there's just nothing about it that pulls it away from the pack. It's almost, and I don't say this by in terms of quality, but I, it sounds almost like a demo. And by a demo, I don't mean that it's cheaply produced. I mean that it's just kind of like, look at this vocal showcase of everything I can do. Please hire me. It doesn't feel like a album, like a solid project that has a story from beginning to end. It's just kind of like, let me sing some generic songs that are hot at the moment. If you're a Tracy's fan, you might want to check it out. She can sing, so it's not poorly sung, but it's just not interesting in a way that kind of fans who aren't as familiar with the reality show would care to delve into. You know, Ed, it's interesting because, you know, I got so was kind of late to the party and posting her music. And the only reason for that, and I take full responsibility, is... um. Her publicist was submitting uh, Tracy's music to us, but um, his signature on his email was publicist slash producer, so it looked like the publicist was also producing the album, and that just seemed kind of fishy to me, but I guess in 2018, you got to hire people that can wear many hats, right? <laughs> Good play. In 2018, it's probably the publicist, the producer, the social media manager, the... the um. <laughs> The guy who gets the wardrobe together and the dude who picks up the dry cleaning. Like, you got to do whatever you can to hustle in 2018. So, Damn. it wouldn't surprise me if that brother was running around doing all the stuff. But again, as far as Tamar, not Tamar, I'm mixing them up. As far as Tracy, I think this is her second album, it's not her debut. But I just wanted something of her, an artist of her vocal caliber to give me a little bit more than just kind of run the mill stuff that anybody could sing. 
Right. So, shout-outs to Tracy for releasing an album. Go check it out, guys. The album cover is definitely unique. Um, even if you don't like the music, at least you can have that album cover on your, like, iTunes as you're scrolling through your uh, your library, and you'll see that very unique album cover. <laughs> well, I'm scrolling through my album cover. My album covers through. First of all, who does that? But, okay, I'm Kyle. I'm scrolling through my album covers on my iTunes trying to hurry to get to Ashanti. I realize I'm in the tease, so I got to hurry up and scroll through. And then I see a woman with a bunch of cocaine in her hair. So, yeah, that's an interesting one, though. Yep. Um, speaking of teas, uh, one of your favorite teas, Ed, Tamia. Yeah. Dropped her album, Passion Like Fire. Um, I have a couple of things to say about this album, but I'll let you go first because you reviewed the album. I think you gave it a four-star review. I did, and we'll kind of go to blows over that in a little while because I'm sure you were turned up about it. Um, yes, this has really been, for most of our listeners and for um, a lot of Soul and Stereo fans, this has been one of the more anticipated releases of the year. And I thought that it was pretty good. Tamiya's, even at Tamiya's worst, and I, not long ago I went back and reviewed her old catalog, and I said at the beginning of the post, even at Tamiya's worst, She's still better than most people at their best. So there was no way in my mind that this was going to disappoint. It's a really good, really solid project from front to back. Of course, the vocals are are outstanding because this is to me. She does not disappoint ever when it comes to vocal performances. My one complaint, my one little nitpick was that besides the title track, Leave It Smoking, which we all know, and like maybe a couple others like It's Yours, there isn't really a lot to hang your hat on as far as making this a standout project in her discography. There isn't that four or five kind of like set of tracks that either when it comes to sequencing or when it just comes to standouts, that's like, oh, I got to go to hear this and I got to go hear this and I got to go hear this. That one, it kind of lacks there. So if there were some, a couple other tracks that were included that were to the level of the single, then I think we could really be talking about a really strong contender here. But as an overall project, I thought it was airtight, really solid, and once again, just another stellar example of why vocally ain't nobody touching you, girl. Well, first of all, kind of lax. Mr. Bowser, you're getting soft on us. First with this four-star review, and now with the kind of? Come on. Kind of what? Please um, feel your way into this conversation before I dismount. All right. Let me breathe for a second. Um, let me first off by saying I love Tamiya. I'm Canadian, as, as is she, Ed. When she released mm-hmm. the Officially Missing You music video and she was looking as good as she was in that video, and I think you can agree with me on that. I'll never lie about that. It was that video... It was Ashanti's Rock With You video, which I, I at that point, I kind of wish I was the elephant. But let's go back to Tamiya for a second. <laughs> oh my God. That Can Officially you Missing focused? You video where she where she was walking around everywhere, uh, around the city. I was the camera dude. I was following her along. That was me, Ed. I'm sure it was. But can you please focus? Good God. Okay. So this album... I think you actually hit on some of the points that I was mentioning. So, as I've said before in a previous podcast, Tamiya can't... It's hard for Tamiya to make a bad record just because she sounds good. She's a great vocalist. Her voice is amazing. 
But to me, this album was lackluster in that, honestly, it didn't connect with me. I don't, I can't really say, aside from the single, and uh, It's Yours is another one that I felt like stood out. But the rest of it, it's not that memorable, and it's not like I would ever go back and listen to it again. Which is kind of crazy, but as I think back, and we're going to get into her discography in a second, but to me, it was just a bunch of, sort of like what you were saying about the Tracy Braxton album. It was a bunch of solid songs that she sung well on, but nothing that I'll really ever go back and, you know, really, really listen to again. And I know that sounds harsh, but I mean, coming off of her last album, which I thought was amazing, this was just okay to me. Mm, it's funny because, you know, you were saying that you disagreed and blah, blah. But I actually agree with what you're saying. I do think that some of the, a lot of the tracks just kind of miss a bit of memory. That that every song that's a classic song that goes on to be a classic, and even songs that are memorable album cuts, there's just something about them that kind of sticks with you. And when it comes to this album, I actually, we're talking about it today, it was released this past Friday, you know, we heard this album two or three weeks ago. Um, and again, thanks to Tamiya's team for hooking us up. And so I wrote my review and did all my stuff. So even though the discussions about the album started happening again in recent days, you know, we heard it weeks ago. So you're right. A lot of the songs that people were talking about, I was like, eh, I kind of don't really remember that song. I had to go back and look at my review to have discussions with people, but because of the singles the, the um, wedding song and leave it smoking and it's yours like those were the ones I could remember but a lot of the other tracks it kind of flown out of my brain since I heard it and that was only a couple weeks ago so you're right there's a lot of songs here that are kind of missing that memorability that's something that really sticks with you that x factor that I agree with you on however unlike the t the Tracy album where we said that it felt almost like a demo because it was just like, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song. You also have to take into account more than that. You got to take into account vocal performances. You got to take into account how well it's written. You've got to take into account things like sequencing. And, th and a lot of stuff like that is what weighs into my overall reviews when I do albums. So it's not just like how many hits you got. Because there are some albums that have a bunch of hits back to back. And I'm still kind of like, eh, because they're missing some things. So, again, as far as performances, as far as the album quality, as far as songwriting, things like that, we're pretty good. There was a song I remember called Deeper that got a little kind of, eh, got a little cornball to me as far as, it felt kind of American Idolish. And if you are a fan of that style of music, you know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of like that poppy, weird, my wife called it Save the World songs. Songs that you would sing at a talent show if you were in the third grade. When them kind of joins. And it kind of felt a little bit like that. So there are a couple missteps like that here and there. But overall, it might not be a leave it smoking, leave it smoking, leave it smoking, officially missing you type project. I still think as an overall project, it's still pretty solid. Is it the best oh, yeah. R&B album of the year? I don't know yet. But I think it deserved the rating it got. Well, first of all, the album of the year came out last week, and it was the dude with the naked uh, body and the guitar. But um, I forgot to make one last point. I normally enjoy a Tamiya ballad, but 
those were some pretty damn boring ballads on this album. I did like one song oh, better. Oh, I think oh. better. I think that's one of like the later songs on the album. That was actually pretty good, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. a lot of people like better. I remember a lot of that one getting a lot of praise. I didn't think yeah. that many of the ballads were boring. I think that it's again, it's again, it's to me as a reviewer, I just kind of look at things differently. There's a difference between being boring and being not memorable. There are a few songs here that are not memorable. I don't know if anything was boring out like if i'm listening at a song at the time and it's two minutes in and i'm like my mind is wandering because i'm thinking about what i'm gonna eat and then i look and it's got like two minutes and 45 seconds left and i'm like oh my god this song is boring that's what boring but if i listen to a song and it's like oh that song was okay then four tracks later i look and like what was that song called then that's one that kind of misses the memorability for me well, Ed, I'll be honest with you. The last piano song that I can think that I truly enjoyed was If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. So I'm probably not the right person to be talking about ballads with. <laughs> no, you are not. For those who don't know, this dude cannot stand a piano ballad. I don't know why, but how you be an R&B fan but not like a piano ballad? That's like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Well, it's like being we, we like, like, I'm a fan of rap, but I hate a rap battle. Keep them away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like what we like but let's talk about this to me a discography you did a whole list on it i'm curious on yeah. where you would put this album because like i'm thinking about some of her past couple of independent and just recent albums i actually probably have beautiful surprise over this one and i know you have that dead last on your rankings but i actually really enjoyed that album as i look back on it and again, you know, I have to give this caveat. There is no bad to me album. So even though I rank Beautiful Surprise at the bottom of the list, it by no means is a poor album. It's a very good album. If it dropped today, we'd be talking about how like, yeah, it's one of the best projects of the year. And I think my beef with it is that kind of my kind of beef with this most recent album, that it's the second half specifically just... Eh, it's good when you listen to it, but it doesn't really stick to my ribs after we're done. I might have to, and it's kind of unfair because this album hasn't really sat with me like a lot of these other albums on this list. It would probably either be, if it wasn't behind Beautiful Surprise, it'd be right before. So I, right. again, even though I don't, I won't ever diss this album, it is one of her weaker projects. So I would, it would either be last or next to last. It would be right. somewhere around that beautiful surprise moment for me. And the best to me at album cover, I would say, is the More album. You love More era to me. I did not know this. Man, I'm telling you, I was the camera dude. <laughs> I was the camera dude. You were the IG stalker. I feel like more, when I dropped this list a few weeks ago and a lot of um, Soul and Stereo readers kind of chimed in on it, a lot of people had more at the bottom of their list. And I feel like more is one of her more underrated projects. It's weird because it has a lot of pop stuff on it and a lot of stuff honestly doesn't age that well. It sounds very 2003, 2004, kind of the production. So it's not kind of as... And that's a art. That's a issue. The what was her second album? A new day. That one had a lot of that issue too. Where you hear yep. and it's like, well, it sounds like two thousand era for sure, and it doesn't really last in that case. But I thought more was very very solid, and it has a lot of 
those album cuts that we were talking about earlier that some people just this most recent album is kind of forgettable. This one has album cuts that don't get talked about, but are still very, very memorable to me. Right. I would say her best album is by far her debut, which you definitely can agree with. Um, Mm -hmm. Second, I would say, I think you had her last album as number two. I would actually put Between Friends on there. I think, I think Between Friends has just, it has had, I don't think I'm going to be listening to her last album as much as I still listen to Between Friends, and that's been out for like 10 years now, 11 years now. Um, but yes, you're right. Yeah. So number three would probably be the last album that came out. Was it Love Life? That was what it was called, right? Yes, that's what it was called. Yeah. And one thing is, I can't, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I I felt like number, like Love Life was a great album. I really actually have no beef with that album. I thought that was really good, but man, that Between Friends album, when it came out, she was an independent uh, artist and some of those records on there, I still play to this day. I had no idea that Between Friends was so beloved until recently. Because in 06, now you got to remember in 2006, there was definitely internet and, you know, there were fans on internet talking about the albums they love. But I just don't remember this groundswell of support for that album. I don't remember. It seemed kind of, when we t- people talk about the debut, people talk about more, um, people talk about A New Day. People talk about the most recent album. Like they, there's lots of albums they talk about, but I just never really hear a conversation about Between Friends. So I was surprised to hear, and I mean encouraged to hear that it has so many fans. I like it a lot, but again, it's one of those ones that to me has a, from front to back, it may be front to back her most consistent album now that I'm talking, but from front to back it's just so, so, so well done. But again, there are some just spots where it's kind of like, eh, there's there's like little spots here and there where it's kind of like, oh, that song was okay. Oh, that song was okay. It wasn't as just like, man, 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 this just sequence of great songs that Love Life was. Because that one, that one really took me aback by how strong it was. And when I redid and ranked the albums that did this list, I was shocked at how high that it ranked for me. I really yeah. loved that album. And that thing really holds up. Yeah, that was a good album. Shout out to Nicolette. I'm sure she'll appreciate this Tamiya conversation. Oh, yes, she will. Shout out my girl. Yep. So um, let's talk about some other projects that came out. Major, um, you know, he's on our boy Harmony's label. Um, he had that record, This Is Why I Love You, that piano mm-hmm. ballad. Uh, Your you know favorite. How much I love them piano. <laughs> so, Ed, I haven't had a chance to check out the album yet. I don't know if I will, but unless you can convince me otherwise, I'm listening. Listen, player, let your boy talk to you on this one. I know you well, and although you're a one of the champions of R&B across this, actually, I was going to say this country, but across this freaking continent, um, I don't think this album is for you. And the reason why I say that is it reminds me in a lot of spaces of kind of that classic era John Legend, where it's just kind of oh. throwback soul. Calm down. Don't have a heart attack. But it's just that throwback soul. and it, There are no Neptune bangers. There's no Timberland joints up here. For you. There's, you know you you don't have the call tracks. But it's just very, very well sung. Very well produced. If you're a fan of that throwback soul with more of a modern twist, I think you'll like it. 
I will say I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. There are some parts that got a little dull for me, and I was kind of shocked by that because I'm a big fan, and I thought that this was going to be definitely, if not probably in like top two or three best R&B albums of the year, and it's definitely in top ten, but it didn't really hit that top tier like I expected it to be. But it's still a very, very strong debut and good things in store for the boy major. Please tell me there's at least one up-tempo on the album. Uh, yeah, there are a couple of up-tempos. There's, um, it's oh. definitely not a snoozer at all, but there's it's just a different type of up-tempo. There's no Neptune's joints. Man, I might go after this podcast and listen to Frontin'. <laughs> Front and describes in. your life through most days. Yes. Um, another project came out, Ed. This is one of your favorite new artists uh, in recent memory. She passed away earlier this year. Uh, was actually signed to Pharrell um, at some point. Leah LaBelle, her friends and family gathered together to release a EP. Um, Love to the Moon, I believe it's called. Um, I saw JoJo tweeting about it. Uh, not too long ago, but they released it uh, in tribute to her on her birthday, and I believe all the sales uh, go towards the Leah LaBelle scholarship, which I think is pretty cool, but let's talk about the music. I know there was a Pharrell song on there, so I listened to it, um, and that that was cool, but talk about the rest of the EP, Ed. What did you like about it? Um, I thought it was really good. It's Leah is it's one of those kind of holes in my heart type of things because I was a fan from way back. I thought that she had a ton of talent, somebody who I thought could be a clearly a can't-miss prospect because not only could she cross the line, I felt like she was a great balance of doing traditional R&B, also being able to cross over into pop. I thought she really had it all. But, you know, unfortunately, things didn't work out that way. And listening to this EP, there's more proof that she really had the tools to really take her career forward. It's fun. She's actually got some vocals. She's doing her thing. She's There's a um, the track at the end. I'm blanking on the name of it. But she really gets to showcase what she can do with her voice. She's got some fun little records that could sound decent on the radio. It's really, really depressing to kind of realize that this talent is lost. But I was talking to some fans online, and they were kind of saying, hey, if we got this, there has to be more in the vault. So maybe we'll get some more stuff coming up pretty soon because, I mean, Sexify, that was, sheesh, almost feels like a decade ago now. And Lolita and all those songs that she dropped at probably 2012 or so. So she's probably got tons of material out that just hasn't made the light of day. So there could be more to come, but what a loss. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian Michael Cox released um, a record of hers earlier in the year called Stereo, which will probably be on our countdown. And Jermaine Dupri released a song of hers called Dirtbag. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to listen to those two, but it'd be cool I to see. I remember Dirtbag uh, for sure. Yep, so there's probably more music to come from Leah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good thing that they're they're putting something together for the fans and they're doing it for a scholarship. Um, so definitely go check out Leah LaBelle's EP. Um, Ed, can we talk about Case's new album? Oh wait, that didn't Uh-oh. come out last... That didn't come out like we thought it would. <laughs> I was going to say, what are we going to exactly talk about? So let's yeah, talk let about me, the... Let si- me tell y'all... Go ahead. Let me tell y'all right quick about how this went down. So, 
you know, we had I had already reviewed and written my reviews for Tamiya's album. So like Thursday or Friday, I was like, okay, I'll see if I have time to check out Case, knock out his album, do a quick review. Shouldn't take long. Usually it takes me, I don't know, maybe like, because when I do a review, I pop it open, I listen to it at least twice, and then on the third listen, I'll kind of start writing the review. So that's how you know you have somebody that's not just reviewing snippets on iTunes, like some of these weirdos y'all like. Anywho, so I make I plan time on my day to get in, hop on this review. Um, you know I got Soul posted a new single from. Him. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna listen to the single because I'm gonna listen to the album. I look for the album, can't find it. Go to Spotify, look for the album, can't find it. While log into my wife's title, look for the album. Can't find it. I'm like, I hit up Tom. I'm like, player, did your boy release his album? He's like, I don't know. So then we find out through my man Kyle that it's been quietly pushed back to next week. But he did release his single with uh, Tank and Teddy Riley. That's an all-star lineup right there. The record Make Love um, to get us ready for the album. Ed... The song sounds cool, but why is Case going to Silk's studio to record this song? His vocals sound like they were recorded out of a dumpster, just Claire, like most of these R&B releases these days. Claire, listen, we Case is a huge um, supporter of both our sites. Shout out to my man. He's been on the podcast before. But when I heard it, I'm like, who is mixing these tracks, dog? Like, they sound, and they even sound like Case's vocals sounds different from tanks and it's like that noticeable so i am really really worried that i'm hoping this is a one-off and then rest of the project doesn't sound kind of off like that but i was like what is going down with this quality i don't know if it's an itunes deal or if it's going to be across the whole album but it was just and again maybe our ears are different because we listen to so much music and we can pick up on this stuff but it was distracting and it was taken away from the actual track. So I am hoping and praying that the whole project doesn't sound like, you know, they're down there in SpongeBob SquarePants' house. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't even I don't remember Heaven's Door sounding like that at all. Not at all. Heaven's Door didn't sound like that. So I'm not sure what was going on. I'm hoping it's just a single. Sometimes I have heard. In the past, when you listen to an album, the album will sound all right, but the single sounds weird, and it's sometimes edited. So maybe this is a one-off, but it was a red flag for sure. All I know is whoever owns that studio probably gets like Faith Evans to swing by from time to time, gets Case to swing by, gets Silk to swing by. <laughs> Faith Evans, oh that my guy God. must be robbing these artists with the quality that he's uh. <laughs> That he that that he's putting in the in his studio mics because that that's unacceptable. I'm sorry, yet. Oh my goodness, this dude <laughs> is singing through some 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 school p uh, public address systems player. Like there's no way that these are studio quality mics sounding like this. Or if it is, who's mixing this thing? Somebody need to be making these vocals clearer. Everything sounds like Megatron. Like it shouldn't have that raggedy robotic tint behind it. Exactly. But Ed, in 2018, pushing your album back a week, especially for an R&B artist, an independent R&B artist, not as damaging as I as it would be traditionally, right? It's it's a different well, time now. 
No, it's not really as damaging, but it's just a weird situation because a lot of us, in this case, like if you're a fan, you know, you know when it drops. So really, it's just your core base. But here's the problem with that. When your core base is disappointed, who else you got, dog? Like if 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 the fans of this artist, and I'm just using Case for example. I don't want to beat up on my boy, but I'm just using Case for example. If Case's core audience knows that Case about to drop today, and they go to it, and Case ain't there, and they're like, okay, maybe he's dropping next week. But next week, they've forgotten. Because the 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 um publicity hasn't been there, the rollout isn't there, and they forget. Now the majority of them are already not checking for it. So I just think it's very. I get what you're saying. Why it's really not a big deal because when it's 2018 and there's so much going on that nobody's gonna notice anyway, unless artists are beating up each other on Twitter and in prom gowns. We'll get to that another time. But it's very, very damaging when your core base is disappointed. You just have to be careful of that because they're the ones that are really checking for you. So you got to keep them happy. If you're disappointing them and confusing them, that's going to really hurt you in the long run. Yep. Now, Case is on tour right now with, uh, let me try to spell this out correctly here. RBRM. Is that how it's spelled, Ed? The the alphabet no, my- group? <laughs> oh my goodness, Alphabet Soup New Edition? I don't know how to pronounce those guys, but we're talking about BBD and Bobby Brown. Yeah. Um, speaking of Bobby Brown, did you watch that BET special? You know I did. I was just talking to a friend of mine about it right before we started recording. I, and and that let me do what we always do. This is the segment. We have to have like some theme music for this part. Because this is the segment where you send your hate tweets to E.T. Bowser on Twitter. We got to make that happen. Because I watched it both nights. I thought it was just okay. And I said this on Twitter and everybody and their mama was cussing out my mama. I was like, good Lord, what did my mama do? Why y'all mad at my mama? They're like calling her names. Like, geez, you little Twitter children disgusting. Anyway, I thought it was solid, but... The biggest draw of the New Edition story, which, of course, is what led to this movie, is that it was a great piece of storytelling, yet also there are tons of musical performances. And let me give y'all that real, even though y'all don't want to hear it. As much as y'all proclaim Bobby to be king of R&B, his reign on the top was short like leprechauns. Because outside of 89 to like maybe 91... That was about it for Bobby. And that showed in the actual movie because the first half, we got some reproductions of videos and we got some songs. Second half of the movie was just drugs and Whitney and a whole bunch of people dying. So the storytelling, and it also started jumping around a lot and got kind of weird and confusing. It was a very entertaining couple of nights, but as far as like the front to back storytelling and just magic and fun and reminiscent and nostalgia and great music it wasn't nearly the level of the new edition story y'all mad but it's true and didn't janet jackson also get mentioned in the uh in the documentary oh boy yes that was one of the bigger revelations that they had kind of a (laughs) a fling so to speak and apparently and apparently it was like not really well known but it was rumored back in the early 
90s, late 80s. I really don't remember it at all. Now, I do remember him allegedly hooking up with Madonna. I do remember that. But I don't really remember the Janet thing. But they've the, the actual magazine covers of them together have resurfaced. So it was definitely a thing. So everybody was shocked about that. But eh, Bobby was a wild boy, y'all. Well, Ed, I think that's probably why you work. Uh, you have SewingStereo.com and you're not working for the National Enquirer. So I think it's probably a good thing. <laughs> there are many <laughs> reasons why I'm not working for them dudes and it's a good thing. Yep. Um, can we get into the Play of Please Awards, Ed? Got a couple here. We certainly. Oh, I'm sure we do. It's been quite the week. Um, I want to start out. This is actually a couple of weeks old, but uh, a Jodeci fan uh, brought this to my attention at a recent Jodeci concert, I believe in California. Um, KC no showed the uh, the concert. I believe he's actually headed towards a solo career right now. Um, but as a result of that, he no-showed the concert, and it was only Mr. Dalvin and JoJo on stage. That sounds like a great concert. Oh, I remember this. Oh, my goodness. I apologize for anybody that had to spend money on that. What kind of show was that? Because, um, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast. Um, JoJo, unfortunately, just the wear and tear in his voice. Um, I think they were rumored to be you know he had drinking problems his voice is pretty much shot and he's been pretty much a a backup singer at this point i actually really like jojo so um and mr dalvin i think even though we've interviewed him i'm still not quite sure what he does on stage so (laughs) i cannot believe someone was able to sit through an hour of that i heard it actually went well but man everyone's breaking up ed Listen, first the fat boys break up, now everybody's doing it. It's, oh my gosh. Everybody's breaking up. We got 112 on the outs. We got player subbing for Jazz and, um, and what's his face? Woody. Oh my gosh. Now Jodice is in shambles. Who's left? Has anybody checked on Silk lately? <laughs> Serious question, though. If you went to a Jodice concert and only Mr. Dalvin and JoJo were performing, would you ask for a <laughs> refund? I don't know what I would do. I would be so weak. Oh my goodness. I mean, imagine it being 1995. You're going to a big concert, and the only people that walk on stage are Lil C's and Klepto. Like, what is, what are you going to do? What can be done? I mean, they can <laughs> sing the songs, but it ain't going to sound like the, the album. Yep. <laughs> Um, uh, second player, please. This one's actually fairly interesting. Um, did you know, because we've talked about Kanye West and his love for Pornhub previously. Oh, God, we've discussed that. So, Kanye West was most recently announced as the creative director of the first ever Pornhub Awards. And I believe it happened a couple of days ago. One of the things that he had was uh, he had Tiana Taylor performing at the Pornhub Awards show. Why does I Tiana Taylor I bet he did. Why does Tiana does Tiana Taylor need to be performing at this? Yes, she does because she can sing that. What was that? That whatever that last track is on her album that's oh, that, supposed to be that work that song. Then, yes, that she can sing that all day long and everybody hyped up for that. That song was made for a Pornhub award show or for some kind of drag show or something because that is all her. So I'm not at all surprised. I didn't hear about this, but. The only Kanye news that crossed my timeline this week is, ugh, 
that song where he was with what's the guy's name? Lil Pump. And they're like yep. walking behind some woman and they're like dressed like human couches. I'm like, what is happening? What has become of my life? Why am I watching this for three minutes? Uh, that's also your president in three years or so. So uh, I would uh, keep it quiet. Look, play. it can't be worse than what we got. I need <laughs> to see if I can move in with you. Yep. Um, last player, please, and this is the one that we want to really get into. So you obviously heard about Nicki Minaj and Cardi B getting into their little altercation. You know I did. So we can talk about that, but as I was scrolling through my Twitter, apparently Mary J. Blige and Faith Evans got into a fight as well. Is this true? Now, I have I have not posted about this because I have gone... I have, I think, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure this has been debunked. I, because when I woke up Saturday morning, I my te- my texts were on fire because Cardi and Nikki got into it, and Mary J and Faith are pissed about 1993, about whatever that song is that they, what was the song? Love don't live here anymore. Whatever song that they were supposed to be on, and then they took it off of somebody's album. That is old school beef for some of my newest R&B heads out there. But allegedly they beat up each other at some puffy party. From what I can see, it was merely Twitter rumor and it didn't happen. I don't know if there was an argument or a discussion or what. I could not confirm that it was actually going down. So I'm chalking that up to Twitter rumor. Now the Cardi B and Nicki, no, that went down for real. We got that on footage. Ed, tell your tell your girl Nikki to chill. She's been all over the headlines for the past month, and it doesn't ever look good for her. Oh no, player! I'm loving it. You know why I'm loving it? You know why your man is loving it? Because for the past ten years, there has been one person that has told y'all that woman is walking slime, and his name is at Et Bowser on Twitter. Holla at your boy, because I have been the one that has told y'all that the woman is terrible. But oh no, Ed's a big old hater. Oh, no, she's great. Oh, she's a pillar of womanhood. Oh, she's a feminist icon. But she's around here stirring up more drama, dropping more garbage, and talks all this junk. If you actually look at the video, and that's another thing, y'all. Before y'all share these posts, make sure you look at the video. I've seen a lot of inaccurate depictions of this little scuffle they had. Nikki did not fight Cardi B. Cardi B ran up on Nikki, was like, you talking about my child, talk about me now. Nikki hides in the corner like a four-year-old while her girl fights Nikki. I mean, fights Cardi. So Nikki did nothing but hide. So there was no fight between Nikki and Cardi B. Cardi B fought Nikki's friend. Nikki hid like a coward. So that's your girl. That is your queen of hip-hop right there. But all I got to say is I told you so. Ouch. And then also, didn't George Zimmerman go at Beyonce for some reason? And that's another thing that I'm not sure was confirmed. This is allegedly he sent... I don't know if um, a lot of our listeners have been paying attention, but BET for the past month, month and a half, has been running this documentary series um, kind of breaking down the Trayvon Martin case. And it's been very, very difficult to watch. Like, my wife had to, like, she was like, I had to like kind of start watching it for a while. It's very difficult to sit through those hour-long episodes. Apparently, Mr. Zimmerman texted Jay-Z or somebody who knows Jay-Z and cussed him out. And then 
said some nasty stuff about Beyonce. But of course, nobody once the Beehive hears you did something about Beyonce. That's when it becomes news. But he didn't just go at her. He went at both of them. But again, I'm not sure if that's been confirmed or if that's rumors or what. But that would not surprise me because Zimmerman is human filth. Right. <laughs> um, let's get into the soul backtrack of the day, Ed. Um, I want your thoughts on this one. We're talking about Bobby Brown. How about the record Rock With you? Not the Ashanti record, but the Bobby Brown record. That is my song. Now, I have gone on record to say that Bobby is not my favorite. I think that calling him the king of R&B is ridiculous. And most of his big songs, I know it's sacrilege, but I'm just not a big fan. I'm Roni is okay. I don't like every little step. I don't like most of his solo songs. It's just they just weren't for me. But that song, okay, we can get down with. So I'm very, very happy to co-sign that, which is low-key one of his best songs. That and the Ghostbusters song. And then we also have to get into the Soulback album of the day um, because it's celebrating its six-year anniversary. I know, Ed, this is an album that you really liked six years ago. Uh, Perfectly Imperfect by L. Varner. Can we talk about that album? No, we cannot. Well, I guess you can, but I refuse, player. Refuse. I don't know why people adore... I, don't, I just do not get the L. Varner love. Like, not at all. Refill. You know how... Okay, you know what a dog whistle is, right? And yeah. how you blow it and, like, humans can't hear it, but, like, it does something to animals because it's a pitch that, like, drives them crazy. That is me when I hear an L. Varner song. Y'all don't hear what I'm hearing, but it's something that just makes the hairs on my arms stick up and the hairs on the back of my neck curl and I just fall down in the fetal position. That girl's voice, ugh. It just shatters my soul, but not in a good way. So I don't know why y'all love her to death, so have fun with that one. And I've listened to the album for those who say, oh, you heard Refill and didn't have to hear the album. Because Refill really, that's the song that she kind of made her name on. It's not really reflective of the stuff on the album. But still ain't feeling the album. Not feeling it at all. So I know I've asked you this question before. What's the better chorus or what's the more annoying chorus? Refill by L or Love by Keisha? Give it to me, Ed. Oh, please. I'll take Keisha over that oh. all day. <laughs> all day. And I don't like love either. But I'll take it over. Refill. And there you have it. Uh, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? I know one thing going on. No L. Barnum's going on. Um, over on Soul and Stereo, we've got, as we talked about a little earlier, we've got the review of Tamiya's new album. So go check that out if you haven't heard that lately. We also, of course, is that time, got a new Love Letters coming out in a couple days. See what I got going on there. And other than that, we're just kind of keeping an eye on some of these new releases. We had kind of a slow summer. It's weird because the summer is always kind of the the time of year where we get all these cool new releases that carry us through the fall. This summer has been pretty dry. So we're just starting to kind of pick up with new releases in the past couple weeks and surprise releases like the Eminem album. So I think we'll have some more kind of surprises to come up in the next few weeks. Dope. Um, as far as you know, I got soul. I'm actually going to be watching LMA next week i'm gonna get to try to get to try to get an interview with her and then speaking of boot up uh your boy here is recently uh 
a taken man i met somebody who's pretty cool uh what? except she wore a she this wore a drake nice. sh- she wore a drake shirt um on one of our earlier dates because she's, apparently she's a huge drake fan she's actually from toronto so uh ed i'm warning you now if you see me bumping drake moving forward it was nice knowing you oh my gosh have i taught you nothing have i taught <laughs> you nothing but, but this is breaking news. I did not know that you had a new lady friend, so good for you. It's it's all on my IG. I'm one of those people. <laughs> oh, gosh. You become an IG person. Let me go see and check out and give it an Ed seal of approval. Hashtag relationship goals. <laughs> anyways, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, Ed, uh, I think that's it for this week. Um, come back next week when hopefully you'll get a chance to talk about this case album. And maybe we'll get yep, Case on this podcast to talk out. about this album, too. Um, but, Ed, I think that's it for this podcast. All right. You have fun. Go take your lady out. Go get some chicken feet and some pig feet and some chitlins. And, well, don't do that because then I'll be hosting this thing by myself next week. All right. Sounds good. And maybe it's time for me to dive into the Keith Sweat discography. She may be young, but she ready. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good All right, we're going to leave it off with this, Ed. Barry, we love you. <laughs>